Owensboro Municipal Utilities is proposing a 32% water rate increase. We're going to discuss why the public utility says it's necessary and what the reaction has been from the community. Stay with us. This is Inquire. From the Messenger Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me this week is city government reporter Austin Ramsey. Good evening, you all. Welcome. My name is Annetta Owsley. I live at 718 Jackson Street. Of course, you can see I am a senior citizen, and my, uh, me too. my, my problem is, <laughs> is the, uh, the increase. I mean, I, my bill has been raised to, uh, $200 for the last couple of months, $100 a month. And, of course, we're living on a fixed income, and I know I'm not the only one that is struggling now. We're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and there's not going to be no Peter to pay Paul. So we need a break. Okay. Thank you. That was Annetta Owsley, who described herself as a senior citizen in Owensboro at the most recent Owensboro City Commission meeting. Now, Austin, since you reported on OMU's proposed 32%, water rate increase. I know, you know, based on what we just heard uh, from that rate payer there, has been a huge topic conversation around the community, uh, especially after rate payers just received their most recent OMU bill with, the, uh, with an electricity uh, rate increase. But before we get into the reaction from the community and city officials, first talk about why OMU is seeking the rate increase, and let's not forget about borrowing another $69 million on top of this. Yeah, that's right, Don. At its face, Owensboro Municipal Utilities is borrowing upward of $69 million in municipal revenue bonds. And they're borrowing that money for the expansion of the William Cavan Water Treatment Plant on the city's east end. Now, the reason that they are expanding that plant is twofold. Undoubtedly, most Owensboro and Water District customers remember uh, just last month that we had a pretty catastrophic water main break at OMU's other water treatment plant, Plant A, that left us without water pressure or indeed water at all for, for about two days. The last time that happened was in November of 2017, and again, we were without water pressure for about two days. And then in 1994, we had an even larger break that left the community without water for three to four days and even, uh, even brought the National Guard into Owensboro to, uh, to provide the citizens with some desperately needed fresh water. So that's, that's one of the reasons that OMU is looking to uh, expand that plant so they can shut Plant A down, shutter entirely, and use the William Cavan water treatment plant as their only water treatment facility. But also at Plant A, in 2012, OMU officials began noticing some pretty substantial cracks in a, a 1950s filter addition to a portion of the building that used to be an electricity plant, actually, many, many years ago, before even Owensboro was in the business of municipal water resources. 
And they started studying those cracks and realized that that 1950s uh, filtration building addition was sinking into the ground. The foundation of the building was, was settling at such a rate that it was threatening the water infrastructure around it and inside of it. And they put up monitors around that building. And in the last 18 months, they've noticed that the rate by which that filtration building is settling is increasing steadily. And they fear that anything more than about an eighth of an inch in shift would put the cast iron mains that come out of that filtration building at risk of pretty major loss of pressure, a break. And we would be right back in the position that we were in 1994 with pretty few options left to uh, to fix it. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the water main break from last month, and, and it happened on a Monday, and people complain about, you know, Mondays in general, but let me tell you, when you wake up on a Monday without water, regular Mondays don't seem so bad after that, <laughs> you know? So now, you know, Austin, you know, you attended the most recent city commission meeting, and I'm willing to rager, wager, you know, uh, as we just heard, there were a lot or several people in the audience who, whether they voiced their opinions about it, they were there to see what the the mayor and the commission had to say about this. So what is the vibe Mayor Tom Watson and the commission are giving here? Do they seem to be willing to accept it, or are they trying to figure out you know, a, a compromise in some way, or are they asking questions to OMU? Because uh, one of the questions I had is, you mentioned that you know they they've known about this since 2012. Have they not been putting back money as a rainy day fund, you know, to help w- with with this proposed uh, project? Yeah. So there there are two questions there, Don. Let me let me answer them in part. As far as the way the city commission is taking OMU's proposal, there are some commissioners that are very concerned with the way that these that this 32% water rate hike would affect low-income and uh, fixed-income individuals like senior citizens. Of course, we heard from one at the city commission most recently. And I think that among that portion of the city commission, there's, like I said, a lot of concern that for, for people who can't get their hands on, say, an extra $5.09 for the average OMU customer, how are they going to pay it? What are they going to choose not to pay for? Prescription medication, food, you know, clothing, you know, basic necessities. And, and, And also among that portion of the commission, there's concern because the OMU bill is not split up by electricity, water, sewer rates, sanitation rates, et cetera. So the average customer is going to see their bill go up, but they may not understand why exactly, and they can't choose to pay a portion of their OMU bill and not pay another portion of it. They kind of have to pay all or none. And OMU did respond to some of those criticisms. They said that they want to make sure that customers understand why their bills are going up, and they're going to do that with bill stuffers. And they also, you know, they urged people to conserve water if, if that's something that they, they believe they need to do. And they, they directed people to their website for information on how to do that. Now, some of the commissioners that had concerns did say uh, not everyone has access to, to the Internet, of course. And, and OMU did say uh, that they would, they, would, they would try to be better about uh, communicating with, uh, with rate payers 
through their bills. Now, the other portion of the commission was concerned primarily with the impact that this could have on all of the ratepayers, industrial or otherwise, should a major industrial partner choose to leave. So because OMU is a municipal utility, they don't have contracts with major industries. For example, the Messenger Inquirer is a business here in Owensboro, and the water that our employees use and the press uses to print newspapers, it doesn't come to us via a contract with OMU. So if for whatever reason the Messenger Inquirer were to stop using OMU's water one day, we could do that. We could stop at any point without violating a contract. And if we consume a lot of water, OMU over the years, I'm sure, has budgeted the money that we pay them. And with the loss of a major customer, primarily larger than the Messenger Inquirer, like an industry, the loss in debt payments that that would put on these 30-year, $69 million bonds would be put on the backs of us, the rest of the ratepayers, the people who aren't leaving the community. So there's concern there. Without contracts, who is left to pay what? Now, of course, because OMU is a municipal utility, contracts aren't really an option. So that concern is something that interim OMU general manager Kevin Frizzell was very poignant about. He admitted that, yes, with the loss of an industrial customer, we would all be left with likely higher payments. Now, as to why OMU has not been saving up a quote-unquote rainy day fund, (sighs) It's kind of hard for residential customers to understand this, I think, because, like I said, we all see our OMU bills as a single number, you know, $100, say. But that's, of course, broken up into our electricity, our water, sanitation, sewer, etc. You're being generous when you say $100. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, that, that is true. Um, but, but, but for people who use OMU for both electricity and water, it's important to know that OMU splits those departments by law completely separately. The electricity department and the water department have their own funds, their own reserve funds, their own sources of revenue, and on and on and on. They are separate they must remain separate. The two cannot subsidize each other. And so when we look at the electricity department, we have fairly healthy reserves. And the reason that OMU has reserves in the electricity department is for things like, say, a major ice storm that would leave dozens or hundreds of power lines down in the community. And they would be forced to spend a lot of money in a short period of time. Which we have experienced here. Absolutely. In 2009, we had a a very severe ice storm that that left hundreds of power lines down, and OMU had to spend a generous amount of money to fix that problem as quickly as possible. Now, on the water side, you could certainly make the argument that we've had catastrophic events most recently last month in 2017 and 1994, but those are less likely OMU says, and harder to predict. And because of that, something that this whole reporting process taught me is that the water department does not have reserve funds. OMU operates the water department on an extremely razor-thin margin. They, in other words, they bring in a certain amount of revenue, expend a certain amount of money, and they don't have anything left over. 
They've been operating the water department like that for decades. And they say that it's the most economic way to run a water department because it's essentially a pay-for-use service. I use a certain amount of water. I pay for that water. OMU only expends the money necessary to deliver that water to me. Done. So it's a service with no profit. Because of that, when OMU is faced with pretty major project, an extremely major project, like expanding a, a water treatment plant to capacitate 30 million gallons of treatment a day. And this is what, what they're wanting to do. This has nothing to do as far as the funding and the increase that they're seeking. That's what they're wanting to do. Uh, and not, it doesn't have to, anything to do with replacing underground water pipes or anything right like that right the the cabin water treatment plant expansion will include some main work but they're not replacing the main work for the entire city now some of the mains that are directly underneath plant a the plant that we had our our major water main breaks at those will be cut off from the system when plant a shuts so down. they're just going to bypass those totally. they're going to bypass that entirely right but yeah, so so like I was saying, when they're faced with a major project like that that costs a lot of money, they don't have any money left over. They have no rainy day fund with which to draw from, and so it's left up to us to pay for it. So in, in this conversation, you know, we've we've always talked about you know the the dividend, the six million dollar dividend that the city gets eight million. Well, six million dollars in cash. Yeah. Two, two okay. million dollars yeah. in electricity. Yeah. Yeah. So has any has that come up in this conversation? You know, you know, six six million dollars in the scheme of things, you wouldn't think you know would matter a whole lot in this conversation. But I know it's always been this thing that's out there that sort of looms. You know, that the OMU will use. Well, if we didn't have to pay the city, you know, the six million dollar dividend, you know, we'd have this extra money to do whatever. But that's electricity we're talking about here, I guess, right? So it's not necessarily having anything to do with water. Yeah, because the water and electricity departments are separate, the dividend doesn't have as major of an effect on here. Now, there has been a conversation among city commissioners kind of behind the scenes about what the impact of Elmer Smith Station shutting down could have on the dividend, primarily because, you know, most of OMU's extra funds in the general fund come from the electricity side of the operations. And because they won't have electricity that they're sell selling on the wholesale market, they can't really be very lucrative in their up and down game in electricity. But but yeah, uh, at this point, I don't think that there's any conversation about, say, you know, making that dividend lower on an annual scale or anything like that. I think, you know, the city of Owensboro budgets for that $8 million, $6 million in cash, $8 million in lieu. You know, I, I don't think it's going anywhere at this point. It may once, uh, once Elmer Smith Station shuts down. But I think OMU is going to have to come up with this money on its own. And when I say on its own, I mean us, the ratepayers. So if approved, how will the rates increase and when will they go into effect? Yeah, so it's a it's a two-step rate increase that OMU has proposed here. Step one would, would be an impact of about $2.97 on the average customer. And that's a 20% increase on your regular water bills right now. That would go into effect October 1. So that would be the one that we feel... The soonest. The second step of this rate increase would go into effect on June 1, 2019. So essentially, the uh, the end of 
current fiscal year that we're in, that would be a 12% increase and would have an effect of about $2.12 on the average customer. You know, the increase in, it, in its entirety is, is 32% and, and about $5.09 in total on the average customer. So what's the process of getting this kind of rate increase done? In other words, it takes more than just the OMU board's approval. Right. So the City Utility Commission, often seen as the OMU board, um, they have to approve it first. They and have. Who, to and who is on this board, by the way? There are uh, five members appointed by the mayor of Owensboro. Okay. So the City Utility Commission, they have to essentially approve the rate increase and the bond issuance first, but their approval is only a recommendation. It's a recommendation to the city commission. So they're the first step. They hold a public meeting, which they held Thursday of last week. No one was in attendance other than me, but they had their public meeting. They gaveled in, said uh, there's no one from the public here. They asked me if I I wanted to see the presentation. I declined because I knew that I was going to see it uh, several several times afterward. And, And then they gaveled out. A few minutes later, they gaveled back into session as the City Utility Commission, where they discussed the rates in a great detail, the City Utility Commission unanimously approved the recommendation to the Owensboro City Commission, and now the City Commission hears it in a two-step process as well. It's kind of complicated, but whenever the Owensboro City Commission passes an ordinance, and because this is a change to Owensboro's code of ordinances, it's considered an ordinance, they have to have a first reading during which there is no vote, but they have discussion about it. That's when, a re- as a reporter, I can get a lot of information from the commissioners as to how they're likely to vote in the future. And then at their next regular meeting, they will have the actual vote. Often they'll have discussion then as well, but that's that's when they'll actually decide. So this week we had their first reading. I listened to uh, what a lot of commissioners had to say, talked to them afterwards, and of course I have many scheduled phone calls with them uh, in the in the days and weeks to come. And then we should expect their vote later this month. All right. I guess we'll stay tuned for that, Austin. And that will wrap up our show for the week. I want to thank Mystery Inquirer reporter Austin Ramsey for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquirer.com. Remember, you can find us on the Mystery Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes where you can subscribe to Inquirer. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquirer.